Alrighty, we're we're live once again. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the big news that was released yesterday uh, on Batman's birthday, which is crazy. Um, Batman, baby. <laughs> DC unveils Joker and Catwoman's 80th. Anniversary character map. The Flash that never was. DC ignoring the fourth Flash is DC. Punchline co-creator James Tyen, or Tinian, or whatever his name is, reveals backstory on Joker's new sidekick. <laughs> Wally West, Dr. Manhattan, power up. May make him... DC's deadliest villain. Oh, fuck. Had to ruin Wally. Uh, deceased. DC's apocalypse. Zombies in one key way, which we're going DC's apocalypse. Or the new story that they're doing for the DC's tie in. And, um. Yeah, we're gonna talk about a lot of crazy things, so. Anyway, let's get the show going. Well, the intro, really. shall we one of the big news that came out yesterday and I love the, the tagline on Polygon holy bat baby <laughs> Tom King 
revealed on Twitter. Hello. <laughs> Tom King revealed on Twitter, which I was excited about because I tweeted at him like, when is the release date for the first book for Batman Catwoman? Which I'm really excited about. I, I really want this book. And he didn't respond, which I take it he's busy or something. Or, you know, he probably knows who I am. He's like, fuck no, I ain't responding. Um, <laughs> but he took he took to Twitter and he, you know, he finished, of course, his run on Batman, which James the Fourth or James Tyen or Tinian, whatever his name is, whatever his last name is, I don't know what his last name is. I, of course, you know, I didn't really enjoy. I, I ain't enjoying his Batman run. I was at the comic book store, and I just. Of course, you know, yesterday I talked about the books I bought, which was on Tuesday, and I didn't do Tuesday's show, because personal reasons. I didn't... I looked through the Batman book, and I just... I wasn't... I wasn't really invested in it. This new run of Batman. I'm just not... It just doesn't... I don't see anything that's appealing to me. Maybe it's because, you know, the, the clay man isn't doing the artwork, which I have nothing against the artwork. The artwork, of course, reminds me of Detective Comics, which is great. But I just, I don't feel invested in it. I just, I don't. Like, I, I think the new villains are lame. I mean, I love that they're trying new villains, like Punchline and uh, Designer, which Designer looks like... I'd be honest with you, it makes the villain Pink Flamingo look straight. I will say that. <laughs> like, Designer just looks like... If Adam Lambert was a villain on Batman, that is it. That's all you're seeing. Or, better yet, it, it looks like some of Freddie Mercury's alter ego. So, I, I'm not... You know, make I'm not making, you know, offensive remarks towards the villain... It's great, you know. You know, you get a new villain. You get to see Catwoman back in her purple cat suit, which I am fine with it. I am really fine with it, even though I wish Jim Ballant jumped in and did the artwork for that, you know. But I just I don't have any real interest in this new Batman book. I, I really don't, and it's not you know Tyen's fault. I I feel like DC's jumbling everything around with Batman. There isn't, like, no clear direction of where it's going. I wish they would give, like, a statement of an outline of where this current Batman series that James DeForth is writing, where is it at? To to uh, Tom King's Batman Catwoman series. Where is that at? So... For me, I just I I wish they could straighten everything out. So you know, for someone like me, he's not really you know not confused of what the hell's going on. <laughs> so for me, I I'm happy with this new story of 
Batman and Catwoman have a baby, which I am happy with it. I really want this series. I really want to see this moment. I mean, these characters have been around for 80 years. 80 years. And they're not, you know, evolving that I want to see them evolve. You know, I I wish they could just, you know, hopefully after this Batman Catwoman book, they don't have the fear of not pulling the trigger and letting these characters evolve finally. Let them mature. Let them be adults in the story. Not just... I mean, they're adults, but just not, you know, stuck in the same rut of a story. I want to see them evolve. I want to see them have... The family dynamic story. So, all signs for the new image of Tom King's upcoming series, Batman Catwoman, billed as the final cap of his Batman story, or from King's story, and Bat and, and King's upcoming Catwoman 80th anniversary special. He's writing uh, Catwoman Helena, which I think is going to be in the Catwoman anniver- 80th anniversary special. We're definitely going to buy. I can't wait to read that one. Um, In King's uh, 85th issue drawn by many artists, and Batman and Catwoman, of course, you know, in their way gets married. Uh, While Clayman, who did uh, Heroes in Crisis in Batman, is the main artist for the Batman Catwoman, the art uh, the art in uh, this tweet appears to show his style a closer look. You see one of King's other long-time collaborators, Michael uh, Jan, who did Batman and he did King's Grayson. Jan also contributed to the 80th anniversary Catwoman issue, perhaps. He and King will be collaborating together. Maybe they'll be doing Catwoman and Helena. Even though I want uh, Joelle Jones to do the art, because I feel like I, I really want to see Joelle Jones do the Catwoman and Helena issue. I want to see her artwork, because her artwork... With Catwoman, which I looked through issues of Catwoman books, which my my own Catwoman has. I just, I love her artwork. I love Joelle Jones's style to it. It gives Catwoman, Selena Kyle, emotions, feelings. You feel the character. You feel her uh, happiness and joy, but also her sadness and pain. You feel that. And I really want to see Jones do Catwoman Helena. I want to see that special capture between the mother and daughter, between Selena and Helena. I want to see that. And I think Jones could do it. I think she could bring that special blend to it. And I think, you know, they're, if they don't get her to do it, they missed out an opportunity of something special. Or hopefully Jones does a cover or something for the Helena, Catwoman Helena story. Um, anyway, back in 2018, uh, when all the Batman comics were ramping up, Catwoman, Batman and Catwoman's canceled wedding, Selena didn't seem gung-ho to reproduce with Bruce, she explained to her steps, uh, to her step son Damien that situation 
on the other hand she and Bruce went uh, went through a lot and grown uh, growth and soul searching in the 35 issues of their na- their non-wedding she could be very well changed her mind and would wouldn't be the first time that Batman and Catwoman had a baby either Huntress uh, lately introduced into the cinema audiences in the Birds of Prey TV series was originally the vigilante daughter of Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle out of Earth 2 that's right I remember the Birds of Prey TV show which I in a way recommend people to go see like I love the intro because for those who of course didn't live back in those times there was no Batman movies <laughs> The only thing you got of Batman was the animated series of Justice League. There was no Batman films. I mean, there was. There was the short film Batman Dead End, which came out in 2003, which is really good, by the way, also. But there was no, like, Warner Brothers production Batman. Because Batman at that time was, in a way, dead in development hell. Which they couldn't make any movies of. Like, they tried the Wolfgang Peterson Batman vs. Superman. Uh, Darren Aronofsky's Batman Year One, which we would have seen Joaquin Phoenix play Bruce Wayne Batman. Imagine that. Um, let's see. Uh, Joss Whedon tried to pitch his version of Batman, which would have been basically a rehashing of Hannibal, which was fucking dumb. And. There's been a lot of different, like, attempts of Batman. Uh, after Aronofsky, of course, stepped down from Batman Year One, which was written, co-written by Frank Miller, which we talked about in a past episode, which is really interesting. <laughs> um, Christopher Nolan, of course, took over, and we got to see Christian Bale, and we got to see the Dark Knight trilogy. So, at that time, there was no Batman stuff. There was no films. There was nothing. Batman was sort of forgotten. <clears throat> so steps in um, Birds of Prey with Helena Wayne and all that. It was a very it was a show that I think honestly in my opinion like a lot of people ask me after I talked about it what, what do I think killed the show? I honestly think the intro killed it. Like, they played the intro over and over and over and over. And, I mean, they did get things right. Like, Batman, protector of Gotham, and his true love, Catwoman, queen of the underworld. I love that. That was, like, the best <laughs> way to say it. It was basically saying Catwoman was the queen of Gotham, which is fucking true. Suck it, Harley Quinn fans. Um. <laughs> so, it was it was a really good show, and the intro I think sadly kind of done the show. And not only that, but it was very. It was the question of a lot of people wanted to know, like where was Batman, where was Nightwing, where was Gordon, Jim Gordon, where was the Joker. Because they showed the Joker in the intro. Because Joker shoots Barbara Gordon, paralyzing her. Uh, where was Two Face? Where was I think Clayface was? Clayface was in it. Clayface was revealed to be the guy who killed Selena Kyle, Catwoman. 
in front of Helena, and which drove Bruce, I think, to you know to leave Gotham because he felt horrible what happened. And uh, Harley Quinn was in the show. Harley Quinn was the villain, unlike the movie. So it was just it was one of those things that was disappointing with the show. Like the show had so much. Like when you watch it, it like had so much potential of being something. It just you know they didn't give it time for it to grow. They just was like, um, I think it was thirteen episodes and they were done. Like oh you got thirteen episodes. Well you're canceled. <laughs> so they did give it like sort of a ending with a cliffhanger, and of course years later they brought it. Like they brought the um, they brought the actress who played Helena. And the actress who did Barbara Gordon, they both did the cameo for Crisis, and um, you got to see Helena, but the actress who did uh, Oracle, Barbara Gordon, just appeared as a voice cameo. And the weird thing about it was, like, there was a lot of, like, also have to mention, like, there's a lot of, like, cool... Uh, flashback scenes with uh, Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. And you get to see sort of the Joker show up. Like, Joker was in the intro. Um, all you got, It wasn't really anyone special. It was like a stuntman or a stand-in like wearing the Joker makeup and all that. But the voice was just basically Mark Hamill dubbing the Joker. And <laughs> when you watch, it's like why didn't they just get Mark Hamill to do it? Like, why didn't they just get Mark Hamill to do the cameo? But, of course, it was Mark Hamill, and I don't think they could afford Mark Hamill at the time, so... I think they could, but I don't think now they can. I'm surprised they never brought him back to do The Flash. So, anyway, back to the story. Uh, complete the high pr- uh, pointed mask that gave her the silhouette of her bad dad. It also, uh, sorry, I'm reading the article. It also would first it wouldn't be the first time King has put a superhero couple in a family way. Mister Mister Miracle and Big Barda welcome their boy Jack, and uh, I think he also did Vision, which I don't remember. I don't know. Never read Vision comics, so. And on the other hand, King loves his dream of sequences with alternative universe Batman stories. So this could be. This panel could is a is all a ploy, but on the other hand, it's reasonable to say that it didn't. I think it's what they're showing because if you read Batman, um, uh, let's see, it also could be King and Jan uh, John to will be exploring what would be like if Batman and Catwoman had a baby in the upcoming comic. And also, that Selena's costume has a lot more to give than it looks. Here's the thing about it. If you read Batman um, Batman Annual number 2, which I've read, it's very... It's kind of sad ending. It has a sad ending. So, um... Uh, they show Batman and Catwoman in the future. Where they're an older couple, an elderly couple. Um, Helena does appear in it. She appears as Batwoman. Like, it shows everybody in it, like, 
uh, Dick Grayson, Barbara Gordon, Jason Todd, Terry McGinnis, Carrie Kelly, <laughs> Luke Fox. Uh, I don't know if Damien appears in it. I don't. I don't. Hold on, let me look. I don't know Damien if Damien appears in it or not. It doesn't really show. I, like there were so many people in it. Let's see, Batman. Annual number two. That's like the one book everybody talks about. <laughs> like they don't. Re- I don't remember annual number one or t- uh, number three or number one. Uh, let's see. It's a. Stephanie Brown, of course, does appear in it. Um, the identities from the left to right. Uh, Jason, Helena, Babs, Dick Grayson, Carrie Kelly, Duke, Damien, Stephanie, and Tim. Yep. It's mentioned that he... Tr- uh, King ha- has mentioned that he tried to include all the Bat family members who were Robins or... Have multiple connections to Bruce, like Barbara through Batgirl, Jim, and Dick Grayson. Oh, I like this fact of like behind the scenes. Uh, let me try to fit off of it. Uh, behind the scenes, King has confirmed that the blonde in the Bat family is Stephanie in a podcast. <clears throat> yep, I kind of figured that it was Stephanie because. She's like the only blonde in the bad family. Um, yeah, so. So, anyway. Uh, let's read this one. This one I'm really excited about because I am definitely, definitely going to grab one of these. Uh, the um, This April... This April will mark the 8th anniversary of Bat of sorry of Catwoman and Joker, both created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane in the 1940s, who appeared in Batman number one in the 1980s as the new antagonist for the Dark Knight. The character has since become two of the Cape Crusaders' most well-known members of the Rogues, appearing in all kinds of different media's and adaptations of the flagship DC character as flagship DC characters. To commemorate the landmark anniversary of both characters, we'll receive 100-page anniversary one-shot specials and a line of paper character masks of each issue retrospective release date in April, illustrated by Brian Sook. And the masks will be reimagining of iconic comic book artists and two of the most popular characters. Um, there will be the classic 1940s Catwoman, the uh, Dwayne Cook, the current Catwoman of Rebirth, the animated series. So, uh, here's what it is. Jim Apero, Darwin Cook, Joelle Jones, and Bruce Timm's version of Catwoman. For Joker... Neil Adams, Greg Capullo, Frank Miller, and Bruce Timm will be handling the Clown Prince of Crime. I'm grabbing a Capullo one. <laughs> I like, I oddly enough love the Greg Capullo version of Joker, where he like peeled off 
his like he cut off his face and made it into a mask which i can love that version that was like the leatherface joker as a joker called it um i can't wait to see uh i'm definitely going to grab the 100 page catwoman special i might also you know uh let's see uh, they will all, uh, Catwoman will be available on April 15th from DC. So I'm definitely going to a comic book store April 15th. I'm grabbing the, the uh, Catwoman <laughs> special and the masks. Uh, Joker will be out April 29th. So I am definitely... I, I kind of want to grab the Joker one too. So... <laughs> so... Uh, which version of Catwoman will I grab? I don't know. <laughs> I might gra- I'm going to grab two. I'm going to try to grab two. Uh, the animated series and the uh, Joelle Jones one. So. So. That, w- that one's kind of like... That one grabbed my attention. I was just like, I love it. <laughs> um, anyway. So. Let's see what's in the other news. Uh, this one's kind of interesting. DC deceased reveals which Gotham heroes survived the zombie outbreak in the three-issue uh, special of uh, I forget what they call it, Overkill or something like Unkillable. Sorry, Unkillables. Uh, the anti-life virus that Darkseid unleashed on Earth. Opening issue of Decease, which I've read, which I mentioned that I just didn't finish the series because I felt very disappointed the way they um they killed off Nightwing Catwoman Tim Drake Batman who Batman killed no wait Batman didn't kill himself Alfred killed I think I remember uh they revealed that the this uh who outlasted Batman within Gotham City of the deceased with the follow-up DC's Unkillables, revealing that Jason Todd survived, along with Jim Gordon, um, uh, Cassandra Kane. Which I, I I was very disappointed with deceased because it's like everything I wanted to see. I wanted to see Batman fight zombies. <laughs> Was that too much to ask? Like, I just... I wanted to see... Batman, Catwoman... Fight zombies. You know Dick Grayson... Would be bringing out... Zombie puns... Throughout killing. These, you know... Taking down zombies. He would be referencing... A lot of zombie films. Like, he would... Knowing Dick Grayson... He would probably use the they're coming to get you, Barbara. You know he would say that to Barbara Gordon. <laughs> that would be awesome if he did that. Like they're standing on the rooftop. He's like, they're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> that would be fucking funny. I would laugh at that. But I mean, shit, I would love to see Joker fight zombies. <laughs> Joker would be... Imagine the crazy stuff Joker has in his arsenal. All his weapons. Imagine what Joker Venom would do to zombies. 
That gives me an idea. Write a zombie comic. Oh my god, that would be <laughs> that would be funny. It would be funny. Like I would I would love to see that. I mean, don't get me wrong, like seeing uh Jason Todd stuck in a Batmobile with Jim Gordon and Cassandra Kane and uh, Ace. That would be pretty that's a pretty cool book. What idea? Uh a zombie Batman story. <laughs> like Joker Venom uh brings back the dead or something like that'd be interesting to me like but damn that would be such a cool zombie story like yeah or a movie really like a batman zombie stuff like i just i really always wanted to see that i always wanted to see what the bat family would do fighting zombies and stuff but they kind of like missed the opportunity i would read it i would read it if you write it (laughs) It, it gives me an idea, like, wanting to write a zombie Batman story. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, Deceased had, like, those cool covers, like, those horror movie poster covers. Like, I would love to see them sort of, like, do another one, where it's, like, set in another universe, where Batman does not die in the zombies of them doing, like, covers from, uh... I want to draw the cover... I would love to see the cover. Um, have you ever seen like Red Dead Redemption uh, zombie game? They did uh, Red Dead Undead. I think is what it's called. Like I would love to see that the bad cat and zombies. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see that. Like, like I would love to see you know like covers. I would love to see them do like Resident Evil covers like the classic resident resident evil games like and stuff like that would be really cool like i i love the uh movie poster covers that they did when uh new 52 like they had a uh, catwoman i think in the movie bullet poster they had like detective comics with the matrix <laughs> and um they did batman and robin with harry potter and the sorcerer's stone which I saw that I was just like that is so cool. <laughs> Damien's hairy, <laughs> like that was just that is like the the coolest cover I I I've seen out of the like I love the um, the Catwoman bullet one. Um, I think they did Fugitive. I think it was I forget who they did with the Fugitive one. That was that was a really cool one, but yeah. What's your favorite... Oh, this is a question. What is your favorite Tom King Batman story? Um, I love the Elmer Fudd one. Like, I, I love that he included, like, Porky's pub at the issue 85. Even though there's, like, a lot of problems I had with issue 85. Like, I... Don't get it wrong. I love the Batman-Kite Man conversation at Porky's pub. Then Catwoman shows up inside the pub. I, I love that. I thought it was really cool, but there was, like, so many questions I had for, like, the issue after I finished it. Like, what happened to Thomas Wayne? <laughs> Where did Thomas Wayne go? Uh, what did they do with Bane's dead body? <laughs> like, so many questions of it. Like, I, I felt like... I felt like Tom King had, like, more 
I felt like he had like cut out stuff in his story for issue eighty five. Like if if they were gonna release like issue eighty five and like charge like what they do for like um, black label books, I think I think issue eighty five was like four ninety nine. If they were gonna charge like nine ninety nine and it was gonna be like the full you know, story, complete story that King wanted to tell, I would have paid it. I would have paid nine ninety nine for the complete story you know, the stuff that he had cut out for it, but hopefully, like, Batman Catwoman, they, you know, they cover this, the basis of what happened in 85, so, for me, that's, that's it, like, I love the Elmer Fudd story, like, I, I think it was by far one of the, the best DC Looney Tunes crossover until, like, Catwoman, Sylvester, and Tweety, <laughs> <laughs> and I I love the Gossamer Harley Quinn one. I and the Daffy and Joker one was pretty good. Um, I didn't get to read like the I didn't get to read like Bugs Bunny and Legion of Superheroes. I didn't read that one, which I really wasn't interested in. I was more interested in the uh, Elmer Fudd Tom King story, which that took me a while to get because I had to like buy it. I bought like the first print because it was like selling out, and I had to like spend like twenty five dollars on Amazon to get that book. Because the comic book store I I used to go to um, was sold out of it, like like that, and I'd like re up you know orders for it. So I had to like go on Amazon and spend like twenty five bucks to get it and I got like a cool cover I got like the Looney Tune cover like I didn't get like the one where it's like the trademark cover where it's like Elmer and in the shadow there's like a giant bat you know one but I also got like two different versions of like Catwoman and Sylvester and Tweety I got like the Looney Tunes cover and I got the uh, I think the Joelle Jones cover or I think that's yeah I think that's the one I got like two different versions. <laughs> One's mine and the other is my Catwoman's. <laughs> I got the Looney Tune one. Because <laughs> I love Looney Tunes, so. <laughs> like, I love that cover, the Looney Tunes one, where it's like Catwoman holding Tweety's cage and there's Sylvester around her shoulder, like, looking at Tweety. <laughs> and every time I post, like, a, a Bruce Tim version of Batman going, like, put down the bird. <laughs> So that's that's my favorites um is is those so yeah I would love to see like um I would love to see another one uh Looney Tunes DC and Looney Tunes one cuz those are great like those are like the uh, I think the most fun because it sort of like takes a serious story out and sort of like lets you have fun to see where it goes and stuff I would love to see um I would love to see another, like, Batman, uh, Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner or something. Like, or that would be fun, but, or I think, I think Batman did kind of like have a crossover with Daffy Duck and Joker and Daffy, <laughs> which was interesting. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. Um. <laughs> Let's see what's in the uh, 
Well, my computer's running computer's running slow again, so... Anyway, I gotta remember which story I have to tell in the Titans one. I think, yeah, I think it's a mini-golf, which is, like, my favorite one of it, so, yeah. Anyway, I'm preparing for, like, the... Yeah. It's, uh, mini-golf. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, my computer's running slow, so, yep, anyway. Let's <laughs> see what's in the movie news and stuff, like I... Halloween producer says the trilogy avoids Lord Rings big issues. I'm kind of tired of uh, the Halloween stuff. Like I enjoy the Halloween films, but it's just like, eh. Alrighty. Uh, Goosebumps author R.L. Stein welcome to Beast Island in a gr new graphic novel by Boom. Hmm. Here's one that's kind of interesting. I want to cover this one. This involves the animated universe of the 90s Batman. While uh, with the announcement of the An uh, Batman Adventures Go A6 issue miniseries for April, DC's animated universe began in uh, with 19 Bat the animated series on screen until the end of Just Limited in 2006 and now lives again. While the comic ties in are nothing new, um, it's even unusual for a long-candled TV series to receive a tie-in book. The DCAU, the best version, better than EU, uh, <laughs> and the Adventures Comics line inspired by holds a special place for fans. Amen. That's true. <laughs> I love the animated series, so I'm excited for this one. It essentially launched a uh, miniseries before it was promoted with the ongoing title, Batman Adventures. Earned a reputation one of the best superhero comics on the stands in the 90s. Creators Kelly, creators Kelly Puck, Mike Avick, Rick Burchett, who I met, Ty Templeton, developed a worthy tie-in, the critically acclaimed series. It's awesome that Templeton has been announced as the artist and to give it the very first adventure, Penciler, back in 1982. I met Rick at, um, and man, that was like the coolest like time I ever met. I I got the autograph book, which I will take a photo and upload. It was the um, Justice League. He did the Justice League book. But I have like a ton of like Batman Adventure comics. And I... This is a funny story. I told it before and I like telling it. I was so excited <laughs> that day 
I forgot that book I wanted him to sign. It was... I'll take a photo of the one I wanted him to sign. It was the one with Batman, Robin, and Catwoman on the cover, and they were jumping out of a building. And I really love that cover, and I just I wanted him to sign it and stuff. And it was it's it's one of my favorites because um, I love any book that has Catwoman and the Batman Adventures because they're fun. They bring more fun to it. My neighbors are fighting. So, it's exciting to see it. Uh, fans of the Avengers comics uh, include not only the hipster crowd, not the inclined of praise of mainstream DC titles and the producers of Batman creators from the show, including Paul Dini and Bruce Timm. Uh, first off, I'm not a hipster. I've been reading those books since... I was a kid. That's actually how I learned to read. was reading Batman Mask of the Phantasm, actually. My first comic book I ever bought. At a yard sale, oddly enough. Uh, Would occasionally uh, contribute to specials and one-shots under the Avengers umbrella, which I actually have DC... uh, Avengers in DC Universe number one, which is like... shows like a bigger, larger universe of the animated... Batman series. Um, the Eisner Award-winning Mad Love and the 1994 holiday special even adapted as the last episode of the show. So having Paul Dini announced as the co-writer of the series along with Alan Burnett who helped develop the animated series is indeed a big deal. There's even a bigger deal in shock that the announcement as Paul Dini said in a a uh, promo, the series addressing an area of Batman continuity that fans doubted the canon would ever touch. He says, quote, We're going to have Dick Grayson too, Tim Dick, and we had left out Jason Sandini. What we're doing with uh, this look at this chance to go back and actually acknowledge and make a knowledge that the part of the animated series Batman history for the first time, you're going to see the story, and you're going to see what happened in that relationship. So it's our chance not only to do Jason Todd, but as but also the Red Hood. Learning that Jason finally had finally have a role in the, this canon, in this canon, and conceived by two Godfathers of DC AU, sorry DC AU, truly is truly surprising. For one thing, the brutal end of Jason's career, or what we thought would be the end of the, uh, end at the time, pretty much eliminated the chance of Jason's story appearing in the more family-friendly world of a DCAU. But it's more importantly and unique that the story of Jason Todd had already co-opted on the show the very, the very, uh, the very next Robin, Tim Drake. That's right, they kind of like had Tim... They, they had Tim... Um, Tim's origin story where he his dad worked for Two-Face. Um, and his dad was murdered by Two-Face. And... It, Jay, uh, sorry, Tim was kind of like the street punk kid who'd steal and... Like, he even got to the point where Batman followed him... <laughs> <laughs> to his apartment because Tim, uh, Tim stole a box of donuts. Uh, 
And um, Bruce, of course, Batman takes Tim back to the cave and gives him a home and a meal and all that. So, like, has you know, basically it's him. <laughs> so, and Tim is the one who sort of united, reunited um, Grayson, Dick Grayson, and the Bat family. Because at the time, Dick Grayson was sort of out of the Bat family. He had enough of Batman, Batgirl, Alfred. I'm sure Alfred's like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, I always imagine it's like in his mind where he's like, you know, fuck the drama. <laughs> so, in that one, it was kind of interesting. Uh, and I really loved it because like it, it showed Tim was not only excited to be Robin, but he was a fan an admirer of the Bat family. And Tim's like one of my favorite Robins. Like, I love his version in uh, Young Justice where he just sort of stands there and like looks at everybody like, this is stupid. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, the segment of the fandom is not quite over as having decided to revamp Batman as a companion to the Superman the Animated Series. That's right, they... Um, how the new Batman Adventures happened was they um, revamped the show. They sort of like did a mini reboot where it's updated compared to it. Like they even use like some of the they, they sort of use like some of the like same style. I would say like like um, they of course changed the bat suit, which kind of aggravated me. <laughs> Because I love the classic animated series bat suit. Uh, they they got rid of like the they got rid of like the classic look of it. And the worst of it that they did was Joker. Like they ruined they ruined like Joker and they ruined Catwoman a bit. Like I love. Don't get me wrong. Like back then, I like I hated the new look of Catwoman. Like they got rid of like her story and everything attached to her to her. And. They made her younger than Batman, which kind of aggravated me because it's like they're both. But I mean, now looking at it, it's just like you know, they really did something. Then, they, I mean, they made it a lot better. Like I'll admit, like they made Selena Kyle have dark hair compared to the blonde, which I didn't understand why they made her a blonde because she was never a blonde in the comics. Um, but I sort of like now looking at it, I just I really like it now, which is weird. <laughs> I guess I'm older, so I just kind of like grew up attached to it. So um, I think they're going to go back to that classic look again of um, Catwoman. So it's kind of like the oddest thing. It's kind of like now you look at like the DC superhero girls. It's like on one cover, it's like, why does Wonder Woman have purple hair? So anyway. <clears throat> Uh, the producers uh, determined to shake up the Dark Knight status quo, but meant new costumes for Batman, Batman, graduating occasional guest star to regular sidekick, Dick Grayson growing up and evolving from Robin to Nightwing, and introducing a new, younger Robin, which was Tim. The Joker one they kind of made weird. Like, his face, like, is all white, and he has, like, no lips no lips <laughs> like his red lips are like gone it's like white and his eyes are like beanie black like small black eyes so they just made the joker look like a sickly looking dude 
Scarecrow, they did a lot better. Like, they made Scarecrow sort of like this nightmarish-looking figure. Uh, as of 1997, the younger replacement Robin of the comics was no longer Jason Todd. Jason has been was murdered by the Joker in 1988 in the most fucked up way ever. They actually did, like, I remember when they killed... I, didn't, I wasn't alive when they killed him, but I remember hearing the stories of how they killed him, which I thought was, that's dumb, was they had two 1-800 numbers, or 1-900 numbers, I forget, and... One was you call it, uh, you vote for he lives, and the other is where you decide if he died, which was in the famous phone poll, which was uh, fans narrowly voted for death. So they voted for Jason to die in the comics because they hated Jason's Todd. They didn't like Jason's Todd. They didn't like his attitude, his style, and everything to it. Um, damn, <laughs> imagine that. Uh, let's see. Anyway, uh, with both Dick Grayson, uh, and Alfred endorsing Tim for the job, Batman overcame doubts and agreed to train Tim and serve him as the new Robin. Tim distinguished uh, himself as being more thoughtful and less obedient, uh, sorry, more optimistic than his predecessors. Uh, he was not an orphan, uh, juggling home life <clears throat> with responsibilities and becoming Robin. It was not a stretch on the line. Uh, this is basically a story of how he became, you know, Robin in the comics and stuff. Basically, they sort of made him like the Peter Parker where he juggled both responsibilities and <laughs> being Robin and stuff. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I remember the Jason one where he Jason tries to steal Batman's tires. <laughs> which I remember but also like um, the animated series they sort of also ruined the new Batman Adventures they also ruined um, Mr. Freeze I forgot they ruined Mr. Freeze which I remember seeing that episode as a kid and I was pissed <laughs> I was pissed when I saw that episode of Mr. Freeze where they um it was sort of like a sequel to Sub-Zero, which was... I don't know if anybody's seen Batman Sub-Zero. I actually still, to this day, have the VHS copy of it in the case and all. Like, I, I still, to this day, have that VHS copy of Sub-Zero because I love that movie so much as a kid. It was... It was really cool, like, watching... Like, I found, like, the old VCR we had, and I plugged it into the TV and I popped in the VHS tape and it still runs it still works it still runs perfectly like even though like nowadays people are like you know there's Blu-ray it's like VHS was like it made it special like something about it just made it like it had that magic to it and when they did the um, new Batman adventures I was very mad as a kid Way the way they did Mr. Freeze aggravated me <laughs> <laughs> to a degree where all that is working for Mr. Freeze was his head like he lost his entire body where his body was like spider legs and I like looking at it now it's like fuck John Peters <laughs> so <laughs> his entire body is like 
spider mechanics where his head controls his legs and all that. And I remember watching going like, how the hell is he alive? Number one, because he's got to have a heartbeat to keep, you know, alive and stuff. So they turned him into like this spider body that controls his suit and all that. And it just, and it made him more, uh, less connected as a human, more as a monster. Like that pissed me off. Like I was so angry the way they did that. And he, you know, Nora moved on, you know, he, he's no longer human. It's like, it, it just aggravated me. It's like, why the fuck did you do this? You know, like, why did you ruin that character and stuff? Like, it, it just aggravated me the way they did the new Batman adventures, where it's just like, they took away, like, the most valuable, you know, I wouldn't say villain, like, anti-hero. Like, Mr. Freeze, to me, is more anti-hero than, than anything. He, he doesn't have any villainous style to him. He's more, you know... He has a mission. Like, he's not doing it to be a villain where he's want to rule, you know, rule Gotham and kill Batman. He has a mission where he... What's he, what he wants to do. He has a tunnel vision. And his tunnel vision is to save his wife and bring her, you know, life and, you know, cure her of her disease. So, like, for me, that that's what bugged the fuck out of me. It's like they made him, like, this... Like Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator version in the new Batman Adventures, where he's part machine, part you know human. Like it just bugged me. It was like that version just it, it just it aggravated me and stuff. Like and you know it just it, it it annoyed me. Like like I I mean like I you know I give Catwoman a pass for the new Batman Adventures. The Joker, I can't because it's like Joker looks weird. <laughs> Mister Freeze, you you know you you kind of turned him into part machine. Scarecrow, you did a good job for revamping Scarecrow and stuff. So for me, it just it sort of aggravates me. So anyway, we're gonna get to the third uh, Titans story to sort of like wrap up the show early. Um, but first I'm going to get a drink of water. <laughs> so anyway, alrighty. So anyway, the story of Titans Go, uh, Giant, sorry, is par for the course. Beast Boy's a pterodactyl as Robin attaches his bat rope. I'm going to call it that, the bat, uh, the bat rope, or Robin rope, one of the two, to Beast Boy's legs. Robin, that's it, you're going down. 
Beast Boy scared. Whoa, dude. What are you... Uh, sorry, whoa, dude. What are you attacking me for? Robin. As Robin pulls Beast Boy's pterodactyl legs, <laughs> Cyborg watches. <laughs> That's That would be me as Cyborg. I would, I would watch that and be like, the fuck am I watching? Robin. There's no way you got that hole in one on your own. Beast Boy, Robin, what are you accusing me of? Cheating? Robin's thoughts. You shot. Was nowhere near the hole. Then you turned into a pterodactyl and flapped your wings and blew the ball right in for a hole in one. You totally cheated. Beast Boy, I get it, bro. You're just upset because I know you know I'm one step closer to winning the bet because when I win, I get your cape. What? <laughs> Beast Boy. There are just so many possibilities, Robin. I could use it as a towel. <laughs> and it shows Beast Boy, you know, fantasizing, drying his butt with Robin's towel. Or maybe for one of those haughtily uh, quitted costume updates. Beast Boy is a gorilla wearing the Robin cape. Nah, I'll probably just cut it into pieces and use it as confetti to celebrate the next time Speedy does something better than you. Damn, that was savage. <laughs> Robin, no way, Beast Boy. You're just cheating because I'm... because of the bet you made. Because when I win... I get to turn your room into my dojo. <laughs> but don't worry. I got a dog crate with your name on it. <laughs> oh my god. Some... Beast Boy, dude. Don't even joke about crating me. I slept in one a while while I was being potty trained. <laughs> and it shows Beast Boy as a baby sitting in the crate. So many dark memories. Robin, well, regardless, my cape is safe. Raven, did you just... It's just a cape, Robin. What do you care? Robin, just a cape? All the coolest superheroes wear capes. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman on some formal occasions. <laughs> and it shows Batman wearing a suit with his cape and cowl on. <laughs> I love that. That is that is definitely definitely awesome. Robin, plus, the cape distracts from the fact that I have a totally weird-looking neck. 
uh, sorry, Darkseid has a golf ball flying through his head. Yes! A loud yell is heard. Starfire holds her golf club, celebrating. I vanquished the golf guardian and conquered this hole. <clears throat> Starfire attacks the Plastic Man golf mini golf decoration with her golf club. Now destroy this hole on my march to march to victory. Raven, wait, Starfire, that's just a mini golf. That's not how you mini golf. Sorry, I'm hearing my neighbors like having a conversation. I'm just like, Raven, you're supposed to tap the ball like this. Raven shows Starfire how to hit the golf ball. Starfire, I do not understand if it is so simple, then why having the boys been arguing all day? Raven, because they made a bet. Betting turns people into idiots. Not that they were far off from the be far off to begin with. Come on, mini golf is pointless, so let's hit the arcade. I love the sign at the they're going to. It says Eddie's Arcade, which is sort of a reference to Edward Nigma, the Riddler. Beast Boy. I believe the winner of the last hole gets to play the first on the next one. Beast Boy walks off cocky and arrogant. Beast Boy turns into a elephant. So, time to tee up. Robin. Wait. What? Sorry. What? How is this all fair? Cyborg. Beast Boy just uses his natural abilities. Robin, he's using his trunk, and it's the same as throwing the ball. Beast Boy, oh, so you want me to not use all my abilities just to make it more fair for you? I see how it is. Robin, fine, that's how you want to play? Let's do it. Beast Boy, of course. Beast Boy hits the golf ball. Cyborg, you got it, you got it. As the golf ball flies, Robin throws a battering. Or, Robin. Yeah, battering. Cutting the golf ball in half. Robin, whoops. I was just using my natural abilities, and I accidentally split your golf ball with my birdie. <laughs> Robin leans in, looking at the golf ball. My bad. <laughs> oh shit Beast Boy totally cheat move dude Cyborg holds the elephant version of Beast Boy back Robin oh so it's not cheating when you turn into a giant elephant Beast Boy I can't help that I can turn into an elephant Robin, I know what you can't turn into. The winner of the hole. Cyborg, guys, we don't want to turn this into a death match. Yes, we do, they both said. Cyborg, hmm, maybe we should just 
revise the bet. By the way, I love this one panel right here. Cyber, uh, sorry, uh, I love this one panel where Raven and Starfire go into the arcade. You got a uh, you got a cat head hanging from the ceiling, and the cat's head resembles the one that was used in Batman Returns, which I really love. I love that movie, and I saw that. I'm just thinking, like, that is so cool. So, like, I, I, I want to read the names of the arcades. Uh, let's see, Whack the Monster, um, Wildcats, yeah. Final Christ, uh, Final Time Crisis, a Green Lantern game. Mysteries in Space, Inva Space Invaders. Mysteries in Space Invaders. By the way, I love the cat one. Ma the Max Shrek cat logo, which I think has always been such a cool design. And I hope they... I love when they use it. I hope they sort of use it for the Batman movie. So, anyway. Starfire. There are so many games here, Raven. Which one are we looking for? This is it. Pretty, pretty Pegasus. <laughs> Starfire. Ooh, this machine of claws. What is it, the object of the game? Raven. You're supposed to get one of the dolls that come out of the machine. I was never good at playing a claw machine. <laughs> I mean, I used to when I was a kid, because I would cheat. Like, I would line up the claw against the side and grab the character... the doll and just carry it. So, and there we go. Victory complete. Starfire, where does the claw come in? Hold on. Yeah, so I would cheat. <laughs> because, I mean, like, I lost, like, $2, and I was, like, so angry, so I cheated. <laughs> Alright. <clears throat> Raven grabs her pretty Pegasus character. I don't know the name of it. Out of the machine. And as Starfire asks, where does the claw come in? And Raven says, beats me, and she hugs the Pegasus. <laughs> Raven cheated, so... Anyway, <clears throat> Beast Boy, so in the new bet, if I win, I want your cape, and I want your utility belt. <laughs> Robin, fine, but if I win, I get your room, and you have to give up electronics for a month. Beast Boy. Fine. Which includes Cyborg. As <laughs> they shake hands, Robin says it. Beast Boy, not cool. Robin, you shook on it. <laughs> Why wasn't this made into an episode? 
Because this is really good. <clears throat> Cyborg, I'm, but but I'm not, but I'm not electronic. Robin pulls out a. Uh, I'm gonna have to show him. You're half electronic. Yeah. Well, you're full jerk. <laughs> <clears throat> Beast Boy, I'm going to use your cape as a toilet paper. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Robin, come at me, bro. How is it this it, the book two has not come out yet? How is it they just cancel like they just up and cancel it like th that that's not right. <laughs> I want book two now. Cyborg dresses a breath, gentlemen. The game is mini golf. No restrictions on power. No restrictions on weapons. No rules. No mercy. I love you more. Robin hits a golf ball. Beast Boy turns into Hippo. The golf ball bounces off Beast Boy's butt. Oh, did I block you there? Beast Boy prepares to hit a golf ball, and a stink bomb comes up and hits Beast Boy in the face. Robin, giggling, covering. Oh, smoke pellets, sorry. It was smoke hitting him in the face, Robin. Oh, did one of my smoke pellets replace your golf ball? My bad. Beast Boy turns in a skunk, hits Robin as Robin prepares to hit the golf ball. Beast Boy, hey Robin, you stink. Robin punches. Beast Boy, oops, I accidentally punched you in the face. That's on me. And then the background has Tom Hardy's Bane in the background. As a mini golf, uh, as a mini golf decoration with the uh, dynamite surrounding him. Because remember in the movie, Dark Knight Rises, Bane tries to blow up Gotham, which I love that little mini reference in the background. That's the thing I love about the uh, Teen Titans Go cartoon and the comics. As you look in the background, you see something as a reference. Like the Hall of Doom in the background for this next giant panel. Beast Boy and Robin are both beat up. Beast Boy. Last hole, Rob. There's no way you're going to win this. Robin. Can it, dog breath? The bet is mine. As they prepare a loud yell, stop is heard. I would like to enter this contest, Starfire says, holding a golf club as Raven smiles in the background, holding her Pegasus. Under one condition, if I win, all former bets are null, and you two must go back to being friends. Cyborg blows his whistle. I will allow it. Robin and Beast Boy, what? 
Cyborg. I ain't your puppet, man. The Titans watch Starfire. She winds up her golf club and hits the golf ball. The golf ball bounces and misses the hole. Cyborg. A cyborg. Oh man, so close. Starfire gets mad and blows up the golf course. And this one's pretty funny. Um, it's the next panel. Starfire. So, sorry. I did it. I made the hole in one. <laughs> A voice. What did you do? As you can see, like in the panel, you get to see Superman's cape, which which is based on one of my favorite uh, DC animated films and comic books, The Death of Superman, where you see Superman die. It's a good book, by the way. I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> or, or watch uh, Dawn of Justice, where you see Batman beat the shit out of Superman. Then Superman kills uh, Doomsday and himself to save the world. Good movie, too. <laughs> so, anyway. Edward Nigma, the Riddler, appears. My course, my ultimate riddle. You, you ruined it. Do you know how much time it took me to construct this confounding contraption? I'll answer it a lot. Did you steal that pretty Pegasus doll from my claw machine? Raven, um... Riddle me this, Titans. Guess who's getting banned for life? It's you. In case you was in case I wasn't clear. I love Riddler. <laughs> I cannot wait to see Paul Dano play Riddler. He was brilliant in Little Miss Sunshine. There Will Be Blood. Uh, the Beach Boys film he did. Um, and what was uh, He did one film I love where he plays a writer. And he writes, down, uh, writes the story of his dream girl that he's in love with and she becomes real. Amazing film, by the way. I cannot wait to see him play the Riddler. I think that he, I think he will finally capture the Riddler that a lot of us wanted to see, like this crazy, maniacal, psychopathic Riddler who uses machines and puzzles to. I, and I love the um, Telltale version. So I cannot wait to see. Same. <laughs> it's a, it, I just can't wait to see it. And I, I wish they did this episode. I, I really do. I wish they did this story as an episode. Because this is by far my favorite story. Because I love golf. I love mini golf. I love puzzles. <laughs> and Riddler is one of my favorites. So I love this story. And my favorite version, if you're wondering, of Riddler is... It has to be this one now. Because I love the look of him He in this this story he looks very crazy and eccentric so I don't want the story to end and we're on the last page <laughs> I wish they did this this, this story as, as an episode because this is a really entertaining story um, anyway 
Cyborg. Well, that ended horribly. Robin, wait, Raven, couldn't you just use your powers to repair the course? Beast Boy, yeah. You could totally fix this. Raven, don't bet on it. <laughs> and it shows the sign in the background. Crisis in 18 holes. And it has two other signs. No Teen Titans allowed. Ever. <laughs> I want I want to see this as an episode now. I, I want this as an episode. And uh, I turn the page. And it shows the giant uh, promo for the Ridley Pearson Super Sons. This is actually a good book. Um, I love the artwork. The artwork is done by... Uh, Elo Gonzalez. Um, and this is this is a really this is a good book, by the way. Um, it's one of those stories that I think parents should buy their kids to read because the story is really cool. Uh, I like this version. I don't. I like this version of Damien. Damien, of course, he goes by Ian. My name is Ian, which is annoying. If you ever think Damien's annoying, read part of this one and try to get past Ian, which I recommend getting past it because the story is really good. It has a really good story, has really good moral story, you know, moral, uh, a good moral lecture of like you know, and stuff, and a good less life lessons and stuff. Ian is annoying because. <laughs> The story, uh, one of the characters calls him Damien. He goes, no, my name is Ian. That's like, shut up. <laughs> so, um, the first book, I, I have two, I have the first two books. The first one, uh, Batman appears in it. Bruce Wayne, Batman, he appears in it. Um, Alfred isn't in it, so that's, that's the one thing that kind of sucks. But the thing I love about it is they never say who Damien's mom is in this story. Even a lot of people who read comics for so many years are like, no, it's, you know, Talios' mother. It's like, they really doesn't say who the mother is. Which I'm fine with it. You know, let it be a mystery. Um, in the second book, Superman appears in it. Um, in the story, Batman doesn't appear in it, which is kind of weird. <laughs> uh, but I, I do recommend, I do recommend this, the book, Super Sons, um, I cannot. I, I hope the third book comes out. Um, even though they said like there's a third book, and in the second book they give you a sneak preview of what's in the third book. I I hope it comes out. I hope they don't like cancel it or push it back for uh, some dumb reason. Because I mean, there's a lot of books that are coming out uh, for DC kids. Uh, Oracle. An Oracle book is coming out, which I am happy. Finally, I'm happy, happy. Because Oracle's like one of my favorite characters. I miss Oracle and the Batman stories. Um, it's weird. I know a lot of people kind of get... Uh, a lot of Batgirl fans who read the Rebirth <laughs> got upset because when I said, like, once they took away the wheelchair, they took away what was important of Barbara Gordon. And a lot of people got upset by that, which I stand by it. Because it's... You know, you have a... Um, an important character, you know. 
and stuff. So, anyway, I'm gonna look up when Super Sons comes out. Alright, let's see. Uh, Bleeding Cool has it right here. Ridley, uh, Ridley Pearson's third Super Sons graphic novel with Elaine Gonzalez uh, will be out. You have to wait until, damn, September 1st, 2020. Holy shit. <laughs> really, I have to like wait to like September 1st of 2020 to get the new novel that is bullshit um sorry anyway i love what the article says longing for an unaged unbendous jonathan kent and damian wayne comic good news the third and final uh, such original saga of the original graphic novel for young readers. Super Sons 3. Man, that's going to be the last one. They're not going to do another one. I don't want it now. <laughs> I really love this story and love these these uh, this adventure of these kids. It's, it's a good story. By the way, Reed, um, he did it. Ridley Pearson did a Disney novel. Um, I forget what it was. Anyway, uh, you have to wait until September 1st, 2020 to get the book. Um, saddens me but anyway uh time to we're gonna wrap up the podcast because we got other things to do but anyway i'm sad now (laughs) i had to wait till september 1st to get uh the super sense book so i have to wait till september 1st so i think by then we'll be doing a youtube series so you will be seeing me holding the book in a video and I'll be talking about it by that time because you know kind of want to evolve the the I guess brand I don't know what to call it but anyway uh, the next book uh, for the next story of Teen Titans Go will be Idle Hands so anyway uh, I enjoyed the mini golf story of Teen Titans Go and one thing I really want is a Teen Titans Go number two book now. I really want a Teen Titans Go giant number two because I really enjoy the mini golf one. <laughs> so anyway uh, final thoughts are basically I I love the giant book. I cannot wait for uh, the Catwoman story the Catwoman 80th anniversary special book and the masks I think they, they the masks look really really cool um so does the Joker mask so yeah <laughs> anyway um I can't wait to read the animated series Batman Adventures Continues I think is gonna be 
it's gonna be a really cool Batman book. You're gonna see a lot of cool stuff. I can't wait to see how they do Jason Todd. I can't wait to see what the character looks like. Um, so for me, I, I can't wait for it. I, I think it's gonna be fun. And um, makes this reading this book makes me want to watch Teen Titans Go. <laughs> um, I haven't really watched new. I haven't watched last season of it. I know I, I did see the. Uh, I take it back. I did see the. Um, um, what was it? Doom Patrol episode with my nephew. My youngest nephew is a fan of it. Like anytime he comes over, we will watch Teen Titans Go and do. Uh, we we watch like Teen Titans Go and um, we play. We put together Legos and stuff. So it's kind of fun. Um, I know I don't think he's gonna come over this weekend because a lot of things happened this week. So I don't know. Hopefully he does. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you're Robin. <laughs> yeah, my youngest nephew is my Robin. He's my sidekick. Even though I had to sit through Scooby Doo, <laughs> too much Scooby Doo to be quite honest with you. Be cool, Scooby Doo. Or now it's like um. YouTube, he likes watching. He tries. He likes. He wants to watch like those YouTube videos of like scary um, stuff, like the chills and top fifteen, top five, nukes, top five, and stuff. Like he likes. He wants to watch all the scary stuff, and uh, I don't let him because like if he does, he's gonna like get up at like midnight crying because he had a nightmare and stuff. And it's like no, dude, you're not watching that stuff. And he tr- and he tries to guilt trip me in it, like, <laughs> and I'm like no. So yeah, I mean, I just put on like Scooby Doo, like I put on like the Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. That's basically what I'll put on. Like here, watch this. You want to watch something scary? Watch that, or watch Alien Invaders, or something. Or like the one he he watched. I remember. Uh, this one's pretty funny. I'll tell the story then. We'll. We're gonna end it. Um, oh, it'll be a great dad in the future. <laughs> Thank you, love. One thing that I I put on um, was Scooby Doo Cyber Chase, where the Scooby Gang gets sucked into a video game, and they're chased after the chase by this weird blue thing that looks like something out of Static Shock. And we we watched it. I remember as a I remember as a kid I watched it. And I thought it was like the stupidest movie I've ever seen. And I remember he watched it. He was just sitting there like, "This is dumb." <laughs> and he figured out who the villain was quickly. It was like this. He figured out the villain because in in it is like sports references, like sports. I think baseball references. And the villain was the uh, buddy, the computer friend who who made this baseball game. And he figured it out, like who the bad guy was, and explained probably why. And I was like, "You're good." <laughs> and it was funny though watching him figure out the mystery of it, because it reminded me of me when I was a kid. Like I figured out every little mystery there was in a Scooby Doo cartoon and stuff, and. For me, it's fun. Like one that we we watch on Boomerang, um, 
for those who don't have Boomerang, I it's Boomerang's fun. It's cheap. It's like four ninety nine. It's actually cheaper than Netflix and stuff. Is uh, Scooby Doo and Batman: The Brave and the Bold, which is like by far I think the best thing they ever done in a while. It sure beats the WWF, WWE, Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo and WWE. Like my nephew watched it and he goes, "I don't like this." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, who's that? I was like, oh, that's the uh, Miz. What does he do? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> he watches it, and he's like completely annoyed with it. Like, he watched the sequel, and he thought Undertaker was like the coolest dude ever. He goes, look at that dude. That dude is cool. And he like does like the rest in peace. <laughs> So that's that's like the funny thing about it. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, Boomerang's fun. I I, I love the uh, Looney Tunes stuff. I I watched like this. I watched Yogi Bear, Flintstones, definitely. I love Flintstones, um, and stuff. That's pretty much why I watch on Boomerang. Like I, I, Looney Tunes, Scooby Doo, and Flintstones and Yogi Bear. So anyway, um, that is for today's episode um we'll be back tomorrow and uh so anyway um i don't know what to tell you i guess the quote fred flintstones were yabba dabba done now (laughs) so anyway uh i will see you all tomorrow mr detective yes i am i'm batman